The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Koal Investment Group and its staff. Koal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic, as you heard, except Jeff Kowal, not here. Aaron Kowal is here. Welcome back, Aaron. It's a massive upgrade to have Aaron oh. Kowal. No, no, no. I love it. You're stuck it. with me today, but I am happy uh, to be here. Well, you've done this show many times over the many years. Since 2001, the retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group has been on WISN. Now, we are live in studio. Uh, we have a lot going on today. We're on WIBA Madison, WISN in Milwaukee. We have a guest, Aaron Kowal. Yes, we do. Uh, Red Holland is uh, an estate planning attorney partner at Hush Blackwell uh, in Milwaukee. So uh, I've known Red for, for many years. He's a fantastic attorney, does great work. Um, we, we, I think we initially met at the Financial Planning Association. Um, and so Rhett, you know, and Rhett's on the phone with us today. Otherwise, I, I'm gesturing over to him where he would be sitting. But um, <laughs> we so, have a cardboard so, cutout. So yeah, yeah, we have a cardboard cutout here for for Rhett. So, um, but you know, I, I say everyone's favorite topic is themselves. So Rhett, why don't you kind of give a little bit of your background, uh, you know, what you do, what you like doing, family hobbies, all that good stuff. All right. Well, good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Paul. Good, good morning, morning Rhett. Yeah. Um, as, as Aaron said, I am an estate planning attorney. I'm with Hush Blackwell in Milwaukee. Um, and my, my practice is devoted to business succession planning for closely held family businesses and then estate planning and trust and estate administration. Um, I, uh, I've been practicing in the Milwaukee area for, gosh, about nine years. Um, I'm originally from Georgia, uh, but I've, I've been here since 2008 and um, been in the financial services industry, either um, on the financial side or the legal side, in one way or another, since I graduated from college about 15 years ago. You're a young guy. <laughs> so you can go down and vote in the runoff in, uh, back in Georgia? Oh. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should. That's awesome. Okay, well, Rhett, you're with us the entire hour on the program. Um, and we can, Aaron, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but we are live. Estate planning questions are welcome, right? Absolutely. He's he's the guy uh, you know, to, to get. He's got a great background. He's been in in, kind of in my shoes. Uh, so so has you know, experience on, on, on both sides uh, of professions. There's a lot going on. I don't know if you heard, Paul, that there was an election recently. Uh, yeah, I've been following it a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know your job doesn't really let you follow <laughs> uh, politics much, but um, you know, the, the there's there's a lot that that well, obviously that's up in the air right now, um, and you know, a lot a lot going on. So, you know, Rhett and I were kind of talking. It's like, well, there's actually could have some some effect um, uh, in estate planning. Uh, on uh, different different things for 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 different people. So I, I guess kind of my my first topic that I wanted to talk to to Red about is what do you Red, what do you see right now could might be the one of the big changes that that would happen uh, if if there were uh, a Biden administration. Yeah. So you know, assuming assuming there is a Biden administration coming in, 
Um, the big question is uh, which party is going to control the Senate. Um, and I know Paul probably is about sick of hearing about this at this point, but uh, we do have some runoffs coming in Georgia in January, and those runoffs are going to effectively determine which party is in control of the Senate. Um, from an estate planning perspective, that's important because um, if the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and we have President Biden, um, the estate tax laws could change. And um, if I back up just a little bit, um, President Trump's tax reform that was enacted a few years ago um, greatly increased the estate tax exemption. And, and that exemption amount is the maximum amount of assets that someone can give away upon their passing without paying any estate tax. So right now, that exemption amount is $11.58 million per person. So a married couple can give away over $23 million without paying a dime of estate taxes. So the estate tax barely applies to anyone at the moment. But um, President Obama, um, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden have all campaigned on uh, wanting to lower that exemption amount. Uh, so it could drop from 11.5 per person to somewhere in the three to three and a half million per person next year. Um, and that's the big question is, um, are those laws going to change? And if so, are there steps people can take today to reduce that potential estate tax exposure? Um, the problem being that we won't know if those laws are going to change until next year. Yeah, that could be, you know, challenging to kind of predict for planning too oh yeah Aaron, right and, and that yeah. whole area has changed so much i think when i got in the business as an advisor i think the state uh exemption was like a million dollars or something like that back in 03 um and then we were we were kind of you know talking you know george steinbrenner i don't remember him he was the the owner of the yankees he died at the perfect time i remember if there is that. a perfect time to die because yeah your dad <laughs> talked about that there was no estate tax then and so I mean, he would plan that. <laughs> right? He died at the perfect time. Yeah, if there can be, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, so, I mean, so what kind of things that, so if it goes, you know, from over 11.5 million to 3.5 million, is there anything to do now, or is that just something that you need to, to plan on if the change happens? Yeah, so that's a great question, and it's a, it's, Obviously, this is a relatively small segment of society that would have to worry about estate taxes. Uh, but for people who would be above that exemption amount, it's a serious tax. It's a 40% tax on the value of your assets in excess of that exemption amount. So you're saying yeah. that, the, that people over that, you know, if they're married, you know, over 20, you know, 23 million bucks or so, right. um, you know, they, anything like, over the 23 million... They have to pay a forty percent tax. Forty percent tax. Well, that's why they built. You know, that's why they have the wealth. That's why they built their businesses, right? Is to, <laughs> to, pay to, that. to have enough to pay the taxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But you know, so the issue is, if that exemption drops back down to somewhere in the six to seven range for a married couple, now you're you are bringing a lot more people into an estate tax problem. Um, right. And. 
And so for wealthier individuals, the question is, do you want to transfer assets now before the end of the year and use that really high exemption amount? Because you could give away $11 million this year and not pay any taxes on that $11 million. Um, give it away to pay, who or what? Well, good question. So um, the, the issue that a lot of people have is, well, yeah, I've got this money, this wealth that I've created over my whole lifetime, but, hey, what if I need it in the future? I can't just give it all away. Um, so w what we're seeing a lot now is where an individual will make a gift that uses some of that exemption amount, and they make it to a trust. They make that gift to a trust, and maybe their spouse is a beneficiary of the trust. So the assets are out of their estate for estate tax purposes. But hey, if you ever need that, if you ever need the the assets or you need access to them, um, your spouse is a beneficiary of a trust, and your spouse could pull the money out. Um, so that's that's a type of planning that you could put into place now, while the exemptions are really high. Um, and, the, and if the exemptions drop, they can't go back and retax that, not. right? Right. No, no. And and so you know, if the if the estate tax laws change next year, um, it's likely that any tax legislation that's passed in 2021 would be retroactive to January 1st of 2021, but they can't go back into 2020. Um, so we might be in a little window here over the next 45 days where individuals can make larger gifts without paying any taxes, whereas next year they may not be able to do that. Now, now here's the, I guess, $11.5 million question in this case. <laughs> in the, yeah. Yeah, in this yeah. instance. Now, let's, you know, there's a lot of manufacturers around here, machine shops, you know, kind of, you know, those types of businesses where the owner might not have $11.5 or you know, a million dollars in you know, securities or cash or anything like that, can they gift shares of a closely held business into uh, uh, one of these trusts? Yeah, yes. So I, I, a lot of the clients that we work with, most of the clients that we work with, um, if they have that type of value, that value is in the form of their company. They're not just, they don't just have cash sitting off to the sides. So for most of those, for most individuals in that position, we do end up having them give away an interest in their company as opposed to giving away cash or securities. Um, personally, I prefer to have clients give away non-voting stock in their family business so that they're getting some of the value out of their estate, but they still have control over their company. Our guest is estate planning attorney, Rhett Holland, partner at Hush Blackwell. And he, uh, Rhett, you're with us the entire hour. Uh, we're getting into good stuff here, Aaron. Mm -hmm. If we step back, estate planning questions. I mean, there's a lot that that covers, right? Trust, yes. wills, things like that. Yeah. But for healthcare power of attorney, oh, uh, yeah. uh, financial power of attorney, all that, health directives. Yes. If any question pops up, um, first off, Rhett, we got to take a break here. But what's your guess as to percentages of, of Americans that have a proper estate plan or, or well, any estate plan? It is a small number. Um, I would guess maybe a third. 
Yeah, thirty um, percent. And that may be on the high side. Yeah, and 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 you know your estate plan, that's a that's a big term. Um, it could mean very complex planning on one end, on and all the way down to the other end where you just make sure that you have, let's say, beneficiary designations on your accounts to make sure that your assets go to your family without. You know, undue administrative costs or, or probate proceedings. At, so. at the very least, how many people have a power of attorney now with COVID? And you know, if you're in the hospital, there's a power of health, right? There's a power of right. there's financial power of attorney, and yeah. it, it's yeah. not so, a big process, is it, Rhett, to get that accomplished? No, it's not. And and it's it's a it's a couple of meetings with someone like me, where you go over a couple of you go over a couple of key decisions. And um, I, I typically tell clients this. Um, if we can make three main decisions, everything else falls into place with your estate plan. Um, the first one is, who do you want to have receive your assets when something happens to you? That can be pretty simple for some people if they have you know, children or, or family members that they'd like to benefit or charitable organizations. For other people, that can be very difficult. So who do you want to have receive your assets? Um, who's in charge? So who are the people in your life who you trust to make decisions if you're not able to make them? And that could be financial decisions, health care decisions, or for young people, um, who's going to be the guardian for your children? Who's going to take your kids in if something happens? To you? Hey, Red, because we're up against the clock for a break, yeah. I want to. This is important stuff, and I want you to continue that thought after the break. Also, I've been told okay. that you're going to be doing the boss minute today on the program. Are you ready for that? Sure. Surprise. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> no. Business no. owners, savings, and security, the acronym for the Boss Minute. It's coming up. As we continue the retirement clinic, your host is Aaron Kowal, estate planning attorney. Rhett Holland is joining us as our guest today. Let's open up phone lines, estate planning, trust, wills, power of attorney. If you've got questions personally or your business, now is the time to call in on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 799-1130. We'll be right back. If I never The Retirement Clinic continues now with that music. Typically, we hear Aaron Kowal, who is the host of today's Retirement Clinic. Welcome back, by the way, uh, for the Boss Minute. Aaron, it stands for the Business Owners Savings and Security, but we're going to switch it up a little bit this week with our guest, Rhett Holland. He's an estate planning attorney. Yes, he is. And, um, you know, I like to, to highlight my guests when I have him on because, uh, and Rhett's, Rhett's uh, got a great perspective a different perspective on you know on, on looking at things you know we know i know enough to be dangerous he's you know he he he's really the expert when it comes to implementing some of these things that we talk to our clients about on a regular basis um so you know actually part of what we were talking about before uh it was is very involved very closely related to to the boss segment today so i want to kind of throw it over to to Rhett, you know kind of where where state taxes uh, laws are going uh, what can people do in the short term? Um, you know, move assets outside of the state uh, off air. We talked a little bit about uh, islets, uh, irrevocable life insurance trusts, which have kind of gone away for a while just because the estate tax exemption was so high. Um, but now if it if it does drop back down, 
those will definitely come uh, back uh, more into play. So, Rhett, why don't you kind of take it away, talk a little bit more about what uh, what business owners in particular can do to move assets outside of the state and, and just try to save some money in that way. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Aaron. Um, I would say, I would say this. You know, there's there's two things that business owners need to have in mind um, in terms of estate tax planning. You know, you, you hopefully business owners have their sort of long-term succession plan. If everything goes right, this is how we're going to walk away at some point um, into retirement, whatever that may be. But you need to have a short-term plan as well. Um, so the two things that people typically focus on is, number one, trying to get assets outside of their estate so we can reduce that estate tax liability as much as possible. Um, and that's a little bit of what we were talking about a few minutes ago of, you know, maybe maybe it's making a gift of shares of a company to your family members or to trusts for your family members so that all of the value of those shares is outside of your estate. But to the extent that you know there's going to be an estate tax liability, the next step is figuring out how to pay for it because the estate tax is due nine months after someone passes away and it's due in cash. So business owners need to make sure that they have a plan in place to pay those taxes um, so that you don't end up in a situation where you have to sell the family business. Um, And one of the easiest ways to take care of that would be by acquiring life insurance um, with the, the primary purpose of the life insurance being to pay estate taxes. And that, that's a, a huge point um, that you know, people either have to make cuts or sell a business outright just to pay taxes. When, you know, when that's not why anybody started a business or running a business anyways, you know, to, it shouldn't ex- I feel it shouldn't exist you know, to, pay, to pay taxes. So there's you know, some relatively easy ways and it doesn't you know, it, it, it takes some planning and a little bit of time. Um, in an area that is, for most business owners, not their core competency, uh, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right, or their favorite topic, right? Right. Yeah. Let's talk about when I'm going to die. Yeah. 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 That's not anyone's. You know, maybe their wife's favorite topic, but right. <laughs> not something you want to wake up and talk about. Right. 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 You know, but that's one of the issues with life insurance in general, or estate planning in general. You know, people people don't like to address these issues. Um, even though they know that it's going to happen eventually. Um, and oftentimes, you know, it's not until uh, someone deals with administering a family member's estate when someone passes away that they realize, oh, my goodness, I need to get my own affairs in order so I don't leave my family with a mess if something happens to me. You know, we see that a lot in financial planning. Uh, when you know, people aren't interested in something, unless they've experienced it firsthand, you know, and I know this is outside of, of your scope, but certainly something you've seen, it, it, it is um, long-term care insurance and long-term care right. planning. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to end up, but people you know, end up in a nursing home or I'm not going to need assisted living. But people who, whose parents uh, or grandparents and they were involved in that, they're like, yeah, I want to do everything I can to avoid that and to not have that suck up my, my, my estate. Yep. Yep. Once you've lived once you've lived through um, that kind of an issue with your family members, it really drives home the need to get your own planning in order. It's not something you want to learn the hard way. No. 
you know, and, and and it's not even you know a lot of times it's not necessarily super cost prohibitive for for business owners to to do. It's not something. Oh, that's for for you know rich folks. Well, it's something that that you know you might not have. Like we talked about earlier, you might not have millions and millions in the bank, but you might have your business might be worth that. So um, yeah, or even and it's, you know, it could be a business expense. You, yeah, if you've got a business, if you if you own a business that you've created. And, and and you've been living it and running it for your most of your adult life. Um, even if you don't have estate tax issues, you've got succession issues. You know, maybe you've got one kid who's in the business and and one who's not. You know, you need to put some thought into how you're going to treat those kids in your estate plan. Um, is it fair for your child who's not involved in the company to receive? an interest in the company upon your passing? Um, or do you want to try to set things up so that your child who's not involved in the company receives something else? Um, you know, those, those are issues that everyone, every business owner has to confront or should confront. Um, and from my perspective, you know, the sooner you start on that, the better. Um, and if you can get buy-in from the family as to the plan, you're going to avoid so many headaches in the future when something happens. Oh, there's so much in, intra-family controversy when they're, especially if the plan is a little more complex, um, where, where where you get siblings fighting. This is never a good outcome. Right? So I, I believe right. wholeheartedly believe in communication, especially around a, an estate plan, where it's like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is why we're doing it. So you, you don't get the, oh, well, mom really wanted it all to go to me. It's like, well, no. Right. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I always tell people if we end up in the courtroom, we've lost because yeah. that that is that is the worst possible outcome for everyone. Yeah, the conversation you may have had with your mom or dad mean nothing if you don't have it properly done. Recently, uh, Rhett, my wife and I did a trust. Uh, we recently got new term life insurance plans, and Aaron, I think you're familiar with that because I had some assistance <laughs> and put everything into. And there's a certain yes, we needed to do it. We got it done. Uh, 15 year term life insurance plans. I'm 54, you know, so that that gives you peace of mind too, Red. There's a certain peace of mind when it's all done. You always hear about oh, getting yeah. your affairs in order, whether it's power of attorney or whatever. I can't tell you what a good feeling that was to get that accomplished. You know, when I typically, in the typical estate planning context, it it really only includes a couple of meetings with an attorney um, to create the plan and then to execute on the plan and to get your affairs in order. And I'll tell you, at the end of those meetings, clients always say, well, you know, that was relatively painless. It, it is <laughs> painless. I'm so glad to have this done. So yeah. why do, uh, if, if you're accurate on th- a third of Americans don't have a, an estate plan. No, I'm sorry, a third oh, of Americans do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that means. That may be high. Yeah, okay, so let's just say 65% and, and not don't. all of them may be valid either because people move from state to state. A yeah. lot of them may not be valid. You might have a community property in one and not another. And so some of these. Or changing beneficiaries, keeping yes. it up to date. Um, I, what's the reason, Rhett? Is it just uh, we'll get to it someday and we procrastinate? I Honestly, I think that's probably it. It's it's one of those things that seems to just linger on people's to-do list. Yeah. Um, and, and it can sit on that to-do list for years and years and years. Um, but, you know, like I said, and like you were saying, Paul, it's, it's really not that complicated 
once you make those key decisions, um, everything else falls into place, and you can get the estate plan done very quickly, um, and and then you have that peace of mind. And avoid probate and courts and the cost of all of that down the road. The right. family, you know, the 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 arguments that may break up families, and it's it's happened. We all hear these horror stories. Just get it done. Well, that was a great boss segment, by the way. We've got about four or five minutes before we have to sneak in our next break, Aaron. I know you wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about the Secure Act and how planning is key. And first off, what is the Secure Act? Well, the Secure Act covers covered a lot. Lot of things uh, moved the um, uh, requirement distribution stage 72 instead of 70 and a half. Uh, well, because of COVID this year, there is no requirement distribution. Um, but but one of the major changes, among many major changes, uh, was that instead of you know, the, the essentially the stretch IRA is gone um, for you know for for anybody that passes away from now on, uh, you have to take the money out of IRAs and Roth IRAs within. Ten years. So I want to talk to to Red. See, you know what? Um, you know, I know you you do have to pull it out in ten years, so you can't just say, "Nah, we're not doing that." But what what strategies or structures could we put in place to kind of, to to avoid drama or avoid um, you know, taxes as much as you can, or, and and maintain control? Yeah, control's a big issue. Um, and you know, if you if you go back a year, you know, we used to set these types of plans up so that you would get the stretch. And the stretch is that if under the prior law, if you left assets, your your retirement account to an individual, that individual could take out the distributions over their lifetime according to their life expectancy. So if I have a 40-year life expectancy, I'd only have to take out one fortieth of the account each year. But now the rules have changed. And the rules um, now state that you have to pull the beneficiary of a retirement account has to pull those funds out within 10 years. Regardless of age. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's just a way for the government to um, generate more tax revenue by accelerating the timeline for when people have to pull funds out of retirement accounts. Um, the, the way from a control standpoint, if we, if you name a trust as the beneficiary of your retirement account, those distributions go out of the retirement account and into the trust. So you can have those assets accumulate inside of a trust for, say, a minor beneficiary um, instead of forcing funds out to that beneficiary. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of benefits to using irrevocable trusts. Um, one of the key ones, though, is that assets that are in an irrevocable trust um, you're protecting the beneficiary from themselves if they're not mature enough to handle an inheritance. Um, as or have well credit as problems, credit issues. Creditors and that sort of thing. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, Rhett, we're, we, we have to break uh, soon here, but I wanted you to give your contact information. We can give ours uh, as well. Why, you know, why don't you share your, your email address and your, if you want and your, your phone number too so people can – Get in, get in touch with you. Yeah, feel free, you yeah. know, your personal cell phone and address, all that stuff. Feel yeah. free to share that. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's your social security number, right? Yeah, give yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, stop by my house later. Yeah. We can, we can hang we'll, out. We'll dox you on air here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so you, if you want to reach me, my, my direct line is 414-978-5522. Or my email address is rhett, R-H-E-T-T, 
Holland at hushblackwell.com. That's H-U-S-C-H blackwell.com. Where is the uh, Hush Black... Where are you guys located, Red? Well, you know what? I'm actually calling you from our new office building um, that we just moved into in downtown Milwaukee. Ooh. On the corner of Broadway and uh, Clybourne. Nice. Very nice. Hey, you yeah. know what? As long as we're at it, let's talk about the Kowal Investment Group offices, the world headquarters, Aaron in Waukesha. Global headquarters. Yes, <laughs> Waukesha uh, and Port Washington uh, race, uh, well, Mount Pleasant and Phoenix. Uh, phone number is 262-522-4040. You can also... Find us on Twitter at Kowal underscore invest. Uh, also connect with us on LinkedIn and with me personally on LinkedIn and find us on Facebook as well. Yeah. And if you forget any of that, the website has everything. Yep. TheKowalWay.com. The Retirement Clinic. We've got the sexy segment and more coming up here on WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. We'll be right back. And we are back. The sexy segment. It's about wealth management and preservation. The retirement clinic continues with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group. And we got a good show going uh, with our guest, fantastic guest today. Uh, and I believe Rhett's going to help us with this segment. I'll let you tee it up, Aaron. Okay, I can do that. Um, I would be happy and honored to do that, Paul. Um, so, uh, the, the, the sex segment, you know, there's, you know, the show is for everybody. Uh, the, the sex segment, the so-called sexy segment is a, a show that there is a segment of the show that we, uh, use for people that have maybe more, more, a little bit higher in assets a million dollars or more, uh, in assets. You think, well, Hey, I don't have a million bucks, but you might have some, you know, seven fifty in, you know, 401k, some in a, a brokerage account in your house. Well, you get over a million pretty quick, um, you know, especially with how uh, markets have gone over the last four years um, and, and 10. Uh, so you know, I wanted to bring, bring Rhett uh, in to talk about this because there's different t- tactics. There's, you know, when, when, to, to use a different, um, let's say, bands of assets. Um, and so we want to talk about the use of life of lifetime trusts in estate plans. We talked a little bit about this, um, but there's a spectrum of options you have with how to leave assets to kids. So I wanted to bring Red on to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, sexy and estate planning are not two <laughs> topics that go together very often. <laughs> Some may disagree, Red. We make it happen, Red. <laughs> yes. But I'm happy to talk about it. So, you know, like Aaron was saying, um, People oftentimes don't think about all of their assets when they um, try to calculate their net worth. And, you know, when, when we sit down in a meeting and you start to add up equity in someone's home, assets in their retirement accounts, cash, um, life insurance. I was just going to ask if life insurance is included. Yeah, if I've got a $500,000 yeah. policy, you count that as an asset, right? Right. Absolutely. For estate planning purposes, yes. And so, you know, that that number can get big quickly. Um, And so the question is, how do you want to leave those assets to your kids if something happens to you? 
And like Aaron was saying, you know, you have a spectrum of options. And one option is you just leave everything directly to your kids. They sink or swim on their own. You know, the benefit of that is simplicity. The downside of that is once those assets are owned by your child, those assets are available to your child's creditors if they ever run into some sort of an issue. Um, and those assets over time um, could be commingled with marital assets. And if that child gets a divorce, you know, your now ex-son or daughter-in-law could walk away with some of the assets that you've acquired over your lifetime. Um, that's just not for right. That, <laughs> I mean, that, for that reason, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate. It, look, in the meetings that I have, they always start off with, or typically they start off with the client saying, I really like my son or daughter-in-law, but. <laughs> and the but is that divorce happens. And fifty um, percent life, right? I think yeah. half of America. Yeah. But again, it's like talking about your death threat. This is an awkward conversation, but it's a necessary one to have. That's right. That's right. And 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 you know that fear of divorce, uh, of the kids getting a divorce, is is one of the main reasons that clients don't just leave assets directly to their kids. And that's Instead increasing leaving, though too. It's not just like the straight up. You know, here, here you go, Junior. Here's you know, a million bucks. Is, is there a trend right. towards locking it that is. up? Yeah, it is a trend, and and I would say um, the trust laws in Wisconsin changed in 2014, and when that law changed, it became um, part of the the trust code that a beneficiary can be trustee of their own trust. So. Instead of leaving assets to my child directly, I can put those assets in an irrevocable trust for the benefit of my child. And because of that, my child never owns those assets. And my child's creditors, if they get sued or filed bankruptcy, can't reach those trust assets. And if they get a divorce, those assets should not be part of the property division. Or if the child is a spendthrift and would blow it on a Ferrari or something like that. Right, <laughs> right, right. And, you know, for, for younger people, you know, their, their worries are very different from older clients. So younger people, they're just worried about, you know, raising, having the right person there to raise their kids and making sure that the funds are available for all their kids' expenses and, and educational needs. For older clients, it's different oftentimes. You know, they know how their children have turned out. Um, and it's a question of protecting the assets. And the, the best way to protect assets is to put them in a trust. And even if your kids are successful, you can put the assets in a trust for your child and let your child be trustee. And that means that, that your child has the ability to manage those assets and your child has the ability to determine when they want to pull assets out of that trust. And assets in the trust rent, that could be uh, your life insurance, right? It could be the proceeds from your life insurance. Your house, house. Your home, yep. Yeah, Securities. Yeah, it could, be, it, it could be anything and everything that you own. Um, and, and really what you're doing is just putting a protective wrapper around those assets so that if one of your kids runs into a problem in the future, those assets are protected. 
Yeah, that that's good stuff. And you know, younger kids, depending on what you would call a kid, but let's say they're in adult <laughs> years, eighteen to twenty-five, yeah. you're you're yeah. invincible, right? You think I don't have to worry about this stuff. I've heard people say, "I don't need a will. I don't need a trust because we don't have that much money." What's your reaction to that, Rhett? Well, you know, it's I'd say this: um, all we have to look on when we make these decisions is our own personal experience. And if you look back at your own maturity level, when you were in your late teens or early 20s, were you mature enough to properly handle an inheritance? Or would you have spent it frivolously? Um, Yeah, a lot of nice cars out there. I don't think I would have been mature enough, yeah. Um, So, you know, it's just a question of... um, you know, an ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure. You know, it, it, there is that. You know, I I know you know people that either got a settlement or got an inheritance. Uh, you know, in their mid twenties, and you know, blew it. Could have retired decade, you know, a decade or two earlier, but totally blew it. Then you know, I have a client who, uh, you know, mom, mom died while while the son was a minor, but he got you know well over a million bucks then when. Uh, he turned 18. Um, he's used money for school, and he bought an old, old Camaro, like from the 80s Camaro. And that's that's and so that he could fix it up to make it nice, and that's about it. And so you get the whole mm. real range there, where he's he's like, I figure I'm just gonna let it sit there. You know, and the the, the his dad is like, hey, he just he doesn't worry about his son. He worries about. A future who he calls floozy that would take the <laughs> a future floozy. I don't, know, I don't know if you could say that, but yeah, well, but we just did. We just did. So Everybody whatever. knows what we're talking. Yeah, about. but that that would that would either you know take you know, you know take it or, or influence him in a certain way. It's state planning attorney Rhett Holland is our guest today. Before the break, Rhett, I'm just going to sneak in a real quick question. At the very least, if I don't have a will or a trust. If you're 18 years or older, would you suggest, take, for example, my my daughter who was married this year in January. Uh, her and her husband, my son-in-law, are 24, 25 years old. Uh, should they have power of attorney? That's, that's a great question. And I think that, that goes to, you know, what is an estate plan? Um, for someone in their position in life, keep it simple. Keep it very simple, but every adult needs to have financial powers of a financial power of attorney and a healthcare power of attorney at the very least. Um, you should go ahead and decide who it is who you trust to manage your assets or to make healthcare decisions for you in the event you're incapacitated. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. It's it's as simple as that. Just get it yeah. done. Get that power get of healthcare done. done. Yeah. It's a it's one and, form, right? It's and, and you can the state of Wisconsin has forms that you can just Google uh, the the state of Wisconsin powers of attorney and print off the state financial power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney, um, fill them out and sign them in front of a witness and you're done. Even college um, kids I've heard you know because okay they're an adult they something happens they're off away to school mom and dad are home they go to the hospital mom and dad can't make any decision. Unless they've got right. that power of health, right. It, right? How many people think that is, of that? It. We try to remind clients when their children become adults to go ahead and get those powers of attorney in place, but it is a small. You're talking about a minuscule percentage of the population. 
and that age group that actually has powers of attorney. Well, hopefully our listeners are taking note and have that conversation. That was right. that's what we call the sexy segment. You made it sexy. Thank you. Thank you, Rhett. Well done. Hey, can we mention too when we come back, we're gonna have more bumper music. You picked out an artist today. So I I I, you know, I picked out an artist today. You know, we have Rhett Holland. Our bumper music I thought it would be fitting to have Thomas Rhett as oh. as bumper music here. <laughs> That's so creative. Oh, yes. Uh, Thomas Rhett. And our guest is Rhett Holland. He's a partner at Hosh Blackwell. Uh, they're downtown Milwaukee, uh, where he's calling us from. Now, we're gonna, we've are gonna we got more information coming up when we come back, both on WIBA Madison, WI Center Milwaukee. It's the Retirement Clinic hosted by Aaron Kowal of the Kowal Investment Group. We'll be right back. Is this Thomas Rhett? <laughs> of course. I love the tie-in. Hey, we're wrapping up the retirement clinic. Aaron Kowal, great show today. We're not done yet, but some right. final comments. And Rhett Holland, our estate planning attorney, as a guest today. Rhett, we've just got maybe a minute, um, but we, you, you talked about something very interesting about accelerating gains into this, this year, which is counterintuitive. Why don't you touch on that just for a few seconds? Sure. Um, so... You know, we started the conversation talking about potential changes to the tax laws. Um, and you know, there is the potential that um, if Joe Biden becomes president and you have uh, Democrat control of the Senate and the House, that the tax rates could go up next year for high earners. So, um, so we've run into a situation where it's kind of counterintuitive, where you may end up being better off accelerating gains and paying taxes in 2020 as opposed to deferring those taxes and paying them in 2021. And for more details on that, they can give you a call and they can give us a call to, to, sure. to, to figure that out. Why don't you give your contact info one more time? Yeah, you can find everything about my firm at our, our website, which is com. We're a full-service business law firm. We've got offices in Milwaukee and Madison. Rhett, thank you for the time. The Kowalway.com is your website, Aaron, or we can call you. Call us, 262-522-4040. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, at Kowal underscore invest, also on LinkedIn as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Clinic, WIBA and WISN.